Hello everyone and welcome to the Burton Bugle, the best place to get your kinetic fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. It's the end of days as United have finally won a league fixture. On this episode, we review the narrow win over Walsall that ended a run of 12 league games without a victory and look ahead to this weekend's FA Cup tie against Shrewsbury Town as the two sides fight for a place in the third round. Third time lucky there, Dan, was it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a good job we edit these things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? They absolutely messed it up big time, the, uh, the original attempt of that, but there you go. Uh, good to have you back on, Dan. It's been a, a few weeks, actually, hasn't it? You've been away. A couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. You've, uh, enjoyed yourself in the sun for a couple of weeks, away from Carl uh, United. Was, uh, <laughs> a bit, bit different, coming from uh, 24 degrees to about 2 degrees on Saturday. Mm, indeed it but was. it was worth it. 100% worth it, wasn't it? Fantastic result of the weekend, it's fair to say. Uh, let's get straight into the news section, Dan. Uh, one little bit of news here uh, today that's just emerged. Uh, great bit of news, actually, isn't it? Um, it's about uh, young Scott Simons. Yes, the uh, second-year YTS goalkeeper. Is that, it's not his first-year pro, could you say? He's been the both, aren't they? They're like the pros, but they're not because they can't officially be type thing. And Yeah, but they have yeah. got professional contracts, basically. Yes. And uh, yeah, so young Scott Simons has been invited to the St. George's Park uh, training ground, the England training ground, that is, by the FA to take part in the England Men's Goalkeepers Development Camp next week. So Simons will join up with the rest of the attendees from the 5th to the 8th of December as a reward for his impressive work with the Blues, which has seen him feature on the bench for the last seven fixtures in a row, I think it is now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that means Simons will actually miss the trip to Mansfield Town next week and Gabe Breeze will step up in his absence. Um, it's interesting reading about this today, wasn't it, Dan, as well, that I was reading Dan Hanford's comments and he mentioned the fact that he's actually had a little bit of a growth spurt, which is good news because that's the one thing that stood out for me with Simon. He didn't look quite as big as Breeze, did he, in terms of his Yeah, Bre- well, Bre- Breeze is, is like a lamppost, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's tall, a big tall lad. lad. Mm. But it sounds like Simon's has uh, caught him up a little bit over over the autumn. Yeah, because I, I mean, originally what I heard in the summers was they, they rated them both really highly, but Breeze was probably ahead of Simon. So it sounds like yeah, Simon's yeah. maybe is. I mean, we could have a situation in a couple of years where these are our first and second choice keepers. Which yeah. is mad, really, isn't it? It'll be a great, yeah. great position to be in. If, if, uh, if the family silverware hasn't been flogged off long before then. Well, well always always a risk of that, isn't there? As long as. Uh, Eng- Eng- England call up probably means being touted out already. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see, won't we, on that one? Um. Just something else with the news before we get on to reviewing the uh, Wolf Saw game. Um, we've had a couple of people on Twitter ask us, why don't you cover the midweek uh, Peter Trophy games? Why, why do you always ignore them? Um, well, well, we'll give a brief mention now, the fact that United are through to the next round. They drew 1-1 with Lincoln, but won on penalties. That's as much as we'll get about talking about the game, really, because we just have a, a, a principal stand about this, don't we, Dan? We, six we're just, seasons and counting. Six seasons counting. Fist. Which, I mean, that's sad though, isn't it? Because when you look back, we used to love going to games in this competition. Now we get some pri- really pri- weird prior, games. Prior to 2016, the trophy was brilliant. We were the one of the most successful sides in it. Mm. Six finals. One of a very small number who've played at Old Wembley, Cardiff and New Wembley. Yeah. I think we did two at each, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. We've had two two victories, four defeats. And we, we've been to other semi-finals where we got beaten. And, you know, it was... 
Yeah, it was the gates were never going to be as big as league, but once we got into like semis and northern finals, they were really good nights, some great matches, and yeah, you know it's, it's we we just think it's been devalued yeah. when the uh, the under tw- under twenty threes as they were then came in. Yeah, I mean, if you go back to the to the early days, it was always a great competition. We you sometimes got to see these young players coming through that didn't, you know, this is the first taste you got of them playing first team games, wasn't it? And yeah. like you mentioned, we got to a few finals and. It is very much a principle stand we're taking. We we don't yeah. talk about it because we don't recognise it. We don't go to when, the games. When, when you see Norwich under-21s playing 35-year-old John Ruddy in goal type thing. It's ridiculous, you know. isn't it? It's ridiculous, isn't it? And until the B teams are gone, we'll, we'll continue that stance, basically, because we, we feel yeah. that it's it, it just... It, it's basically... The, the, the thin wedge, basically, isn't it? You know, and all will happen is if, if, we, if we continue to accept this, before you know B teams are in the league... So, and Sorry, I, I must... Uh, Wolves, not Norwich. Wolves, yes, you're right. He yeah. was at Norwich. But I, 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 did, way, so. I, I did think I did think he played for Norwich in it in one of the first years. But he has been he's been back at Wolves a bit, hasn't he? But yeah. he's not the only one, you know, there's been twenty eight year old French blokes playing and you know Charlie Adams just, played it, didn't he? Man, Man City were complaining about being short for the League Cup game and they played in the trophy on the same night. So the lads that would normally play in the trophy were actually in the League Cup, some of them, meaning they were playing 16- and 17-year-olds. It just devalues it. Yeah, it does. I could I could rant all evening, but we have other things to talk about. We have other things to talk about, yes, but that's just a little explanation for anyone who's wondering why we don't talk about it. And and as much as it pains to say it, if we got to Wembley, we wouldn't go. <laughs> Because we don't, we don't, we don't believe it, and that would be. I'm, actually, I'm actually out. I'm actually out the country when the finals on anywhere, so that's oh, a bit of a blessing. A blessing in disguise, isn't it? In that yeah. sense. Right. Let's get on to the match review then, and let's talk about league action. Let's talk about where all the, the good things happen. United won, Walsall nil. Who would have thought? Eh? The barren Left run is there, over. <laughs> Ooh, did, did, didn't they half? Didn't they half? Yes, yeah. United finally get a league win after twelve games without picking up all three points, and it also ends a run of five consecutive home fixtures without scoring in the league. That is, of course, we, we scored in the FA Cup, of course, against Horsham. Um, yeah, Dan, it certainly wasn't the uh, prettiest performance from the Blues. I think it's fair to say, but they dug in to get Keith Millen's first three points as Blues boss and push themselves out of the bottom two and. That's all that matters at the moment, isn't it? Getting three points, getting ourselves away from danger and getting ourselves through to January. That's that's the, the aim over the next few games, surely. Yeah. Um, we. I don't think we struggled much against Walsall. Walsall must no, be no. disappointed with their performance. Because I thought they were really poor. Really they were really poor. Yeah. They really were. And they didn't really threaten us that much. No, no. And don't get us wrong, we weren't exactly scintillating in attack, but mm. we... I thought we shaded it, and I think 1-0 was probably a fair result. You know, I mean, it is good getting a late goal like that because there was a good yeah. cheer when it went in. Yeah, it gives but everyone it, a real it, lift. It would have been it? nice to have it a bit earlier and get a second like, but... It would have been... would have been Three points is three points, isn't it? I mean, even when the goal went in, you never really felt like we were going to concede, did you? And that's that's a nice feeling to have, actually. Yeah. And we, the thing is, actually, when you look back, we talk about how bad we've been in defence this season. I mean, we kept about six or seven clean sheets. We haven't done that bad because we've had a f- quite a few nil nils in there, haven't we? In the league, yeah, we've yeah. had about four or five of them. So, you know, it, it, it's it's frustrating at times, isn't it, that we can't do it a bit more often? But like I said, the, the important thing was getting the three points. So, come two o'clock, down when the the teams were announced, um, one name on there, a little bit of a surprise. Everyone, a bit of a one that caught everyone's eye, um, making his debut. One day after his 18th birthday, Sam Fishburne. I know you've been calling out for him to be starting games for a while now, for a few weeks. 
But were you not even a little bit surprised that he started the game? Uh, possibly. Uh, I think most people would have expected not both the youngins to start because it's a hell yeah, of a... Yeah. But then again, we've been as guilty as anyone of shouting for it, you know. And yeah, yeah. You know, let's be honest, they didn't do too bad, eh? No, they didn't they, do too bad. They, they were up against a very big defence. We, we noticed where I sit, Walsall's defenders are quite big lads. I mean, Manny Monty's a, 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 yeah, a man a big, mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enough, but but it'll, it'll be a good workout. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, like you said, the, the big thing was the fact that you look and you think, oh, two 18-year-olds starting in there. But I mean, Abraham's only about four or five years older than him. He's not He's not like he's late 20s, is he? And, you know, bags and bags of experience. He's got a bit, but, you know, and yeah, two, two young lads in there. And, and I felt they battled really well. I mean, there were changes in there. There was four changes in total, wasn't there? So you had uh, Clough, Abraham's, Dickinson and Devine were all out of the starting lineup. Um Dickinson was out of the squad altogether with a, a knock. And in came uh, Joe Riley back from his foot injury, Sam Fishburne, Morgan Feeney and Jack Armour. Meant a little bit of a shuffle in the team, didn't it? So Connor Whelan stepped up into midfield and Riley was sort of playing on the wing, wasn't he? He started off on the right and then moved over to the left, I think, a little bit later on. And, in fact, no, so he started on the left and moved to the right, didn't he? I think that's what what happened. And uh yeah, um like I said it wasn't wasn't that probably wasn't the best performance we've seen under Miller. I think we've seen better performances under him. But like you said, they they look solid. They worked hard, didn't they? And they they, they showed a willingness to, to not really give Wall so much time on the ball. Yeah. Um, you've got to get athleticism off them, aren't you? You know, they're keen, keen to impress. And no, I, I they certainly did. Because there was a whisper through the week. Hmm. that Young might go back to Villa. I don't know if hmm. anyone else has heard this. Uh, I've only heard it off one person. I can't say if it's true or not. You know, I'm not... You know, it, it might be, it might not be. I wonder if that's people putting two and two together with Gerard coming in thinking he wants to see all the players come back and that. Um, I mean, I could, I could see why Newcastle took Art Sonson back when he was on loan with us because he wasn't even getting games. Yeah, But Young's well, actually getting Young, games. Young's playing he? quite a few games now when yeah. you look at his and, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about his performance later on because I've got a few comments on that. Not not necessarily negative, but, you know, just, just a few thoughts on that uh, later. Um, early on in the game, <laughs> it was a bit of a worrying start, wasn't it? I mean, Walsall cut us open in the first minute and Wilkinson sort of danced through and wasn't really dealt with and the ball came to Otis Khan and, I mean, that... I was right behind that shot and he was inches wide of the post, the one he curled from the edge of the box. And at that point you think, oh, here we go again. It's another one of those afternoons, isn't it? But they steadied themselves. You know, they they they, they, they looked have a little bit of a threat on the attack in the first half. I mean, Gibson couldn't have gone much closer, could he, with that shot he had? No, no, it was, uh, it was unlucky that. And, you know, I, I thought Gibson played all right again. You know, he's... Mm. He's one of those, even when he has a bad game, he still tries. He doesn't he give still up. creates he, things, doesn't he? He's still, yeah, still he'll, still, he'll still have a go. And even when it's not going for him, you know, and there's one or two others could maybe take a leaf out of his book, to be quite honest, because... Yeah. There's there's a few times you know, where he tries a bit too much, and I think sometimes it, that's, that's where he's got to learn his game, isn't he? Where he's got to lay the ball off and rely on his teammates a bit more as well. But yeah. like you said, he, he, he keeps trying and he keeps creating stuff as well. He's, you always know you can potentially get something from him. That's the key thing. And the effort he had, he sort of gets into the box and he sort of he steadied himself. There was three defenders there, and he he just sort of it's almost like a golf shot, wasn't it? He sort of just chips it out and it, it curls around the keeper. And it 
just, I mean, one inch further the other way and it's in the back of the net and you think, what a brilliant goal, what a brilliant little finish that was. Didn't quite work out. And then Joe Riley, I missed this one because I nipped to the toilet. I heard the cheer <laughs> as, a, as a, the ooh, as it uh, went narrowly over the bar. He tried his luck from just inside the centre circle, didn't he? Yeah, uh, wasn't far off either, was it? Yeah, certainly wasn't. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it back now on the iPhone, so I do, do know how close it was. But the keeper was scrambling back and a little bit worried there, wasn't he? But I mean, that was about it for the first half. But unfortunately, the injury to Joe Riley. I mean, this is what I think a few people miss. I, we saw it directly happen because it was right in front of where I stand in the paddock, and it was a bit of a naughty one from Otis Khan, really, because Riley's sort of running away. The ball's nowhere near him, and he just blocks him off and almost like. Smashes him to the ground is probably the wrong phrase, but he basically hauls him over and to the ground, and he lands really awkwardly on his shoulder. And you could tell at that point he was in absolute agony, couldn't you? Really, he, yeah, yeah. Fair play to him; he tried to play on, but he was basically holding his arm and as if to say, "I, I no, can't carry on here," and had to come off the tail of charters in the end, didn't he? And uh, yeah, we just had to regroup and um, get ourselves through to half time. And um, second half. Um, Started quite brightly for Walsall. George Miller had a chance where he uh, fired it just wide of the goal. Um, Charters then had a chance for us, where he, just inside the area, where he he showed good footwork, but he, he just scooped a shot over the bar. He just got underneath it a little bit. Um, and I think they had a chance up the other end as well, I think, for uh, Ozadabi, who uh, got away and uh, had a shot from 25 yards at sale just over the bar. Um And then it, that was the goal, Dan. It was the only real of a big chance of the half, wasn't it? And... I hadn't actually noticed this time. I completely forgot on this after the game, but because because Abraham's had come on, hadn't he? At this point, for I can't remember if he came on for Young or Fishburne. I don't know. bad. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Young actually. Cause I think Young tired quite quickly in the game. Um, he did really well actually. He wins a free kick because their defender's got the ball. He's got a bit of time on it, and he quickly nipped in, took the ball off his toes, and the player basically clipped him because he was trying to play a pass. Yeah, yeah. Wins a free kick now. I don't think Callum Guy means this free kick to you. I've watched no. it a couple of times. He's overhit it a bit. And tell you what, Ron McDonald does brilliantly. It's, it's, when you watch it on the GoPro footage from behind the goal, it's 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 measured, it's inch perfect. Yeah. He just sort of like cushions it over. It's you yeah. know, it's it's not what you expect a league to in and out of form centre back to be doing in the opposition yeah. box. Well, yeah, and the, the thing is as well, like you said, it, it's measured. That's the key thing because because the easiest thing for a centre back to do there is just absolutely welly the thing, and it goes over everyone, or it doesn't really go anywhere accurately. He put it into exactly the right place, and credit Abraham's. He was sharp. He was alert, and he. My first thoughts when I saw it live was like oh, he tried his hardest to miss that because I thought he put it straight at the keeper, but he, he actually hit it really well. To be fair, and he took it well, and you could see just how much it meant to him because he did get a little bit of stick off a couple of people for a couple of moments after he came on. But I actually thought he worked fairly hard, and and the problem is you've got people stood near me in the paddock were screaming at him for not pressing every single defender, and the problem is you look at that and you think you can't do that. You you have to step step off a bit sometimes don't you and block off the potential pass that they're going to make because if you yeah. press to them and someone else isn't pick up the press behind you well they'll just play it around you and there's, there's, there's no point then you need sometimes just to sit back a bit and I think he he was doing that and I think that was quite clever play for me all right Jürgen oh yeah okay okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah so yeah after that saw the game out there wasn't really any threat was there really I don't think there was I don't think Walsall even had a shot I think they it's almost like they thought, oh, well, it's one of those days, we're not going to get anything here, really. So, And we saw the game out, and yeah, and like I said, I, I was just very disappointed with Walsall. For a team that was 
in decent form. I yeah. expected a bit more from them. I expected a bit more of a threat, but it never really came. So big three points and we move on, isn't it? Um, let's talk about some of the individual performances, Dan. Obviously, I mentioned that Abraham's. Credit where it's due. You know, he worked hard. You know, he's, he, he, there's still a little bit of his game that are frustrating, aren't they? There's times where he gets the ball and he and he makes it, it's basic passes, really sloppy little things that you think you've trained at a Premier League club before. You should be better at that. You should be able to do that a lot better. But it's he, he, he just some. I don't know. I don't want to say it's laziness. It just feels sometimes like there's not a little bit of belief there in the way he plays. Sometimes, yeah, Abrams. I mean, let's be honest. He's he's not a crowd favourite at present. No, nope. but I think people were happy he got a goal. And yeah. uh, everyone loved his celebration when he went yeah. running straight over to Physio Ross, <laughs> shined his bald head for him. Yeah. I'm sure there's a tale behind that that will come out at some point. Apparently, well, apparently no, he, he, he said apparently it's for good luck. He's been doing ah, it during right, the week, right. apparently. So, yeah, he said he would if he scored. Right, right. No, no, I mean, we let's be honest, we want our players to succeed. We yeah. want nothing more than Abrams to score every other week. And if this is maybe the start of his road to redemption after a... A poor autumn, I think it's fair mm. to say. I think, you know, I think he's worked harder in the last few games as well. I think that's yeah, yeah. But I think I think that'll be Millen sort of, you know, encouraging him. And you know, was yeah. it was it he said uh, he won a meal for two at Fantails? Was it? <laughs> but yeah. he's going to take Keith Millen. So <laughs> I, I, I assume Keith Millen's staying at a well-known hotel in the vicinity. Yes, I'm going to guess yeah. that possibly. Yeah. But Which, yeah. Uh, a certain director of football was frequenting for a while oh, when, he, when, when he didn't work for us, but he did really, but we didn't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, there you go. But yeah, no, it, it, I think what what fans want to see is a hardworking performance from the players, don't they? And we get, we're getting that from him now, and hopefully long that may continue. Talking of someone who wasn't particularly a fan's favourite recently, Rod McDonald, what a transformation over the last few games. I mean, he's just, from that Northampton game where there's a lot of people saying, get him out of the club, we don't want to see him play anymore. And we were, we didn't quite say that, but we were sort of teetering on the losing patience. He's been excellent the last few games. And, and I, I mean, he was comfortably man of the match in this match, I thought. The way he played, he, he was, again, he just showed composure, didn't he, on the ball? A little bit of, you know, taking his time over things, not rushing it. Complete contrast to that game against Northampton, where he just didn't look interested at times. And I think actually, someone that you Ray highly done, Morgan Feeney alongside him made a difference as well. I think he done a lot of the dirty work, whereas McDonald did a lot of the sweeping up and just being calm on the ball, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, um, well, as, as I've said previously, I'm, I'm a fan of Feeney. I think yeah. I think if he'd had a hadn't had the injuries he's had, he'd be nowhere near us and he's probably one of them who'd actually look look better higher up the leagues you mm. know but I I honestly think Feeney will end the season as our number one centre back you know mm. he's, he's I'm just looking here he's played 14 games in total mm. only 9 in the league but it's quite interesting we, we haven't got we've got quite a decent record when he's played yeah he, he started in the trophy we don't talk about against Hartlepool when we won mm. and against Everton when we don't talk about but mm. and, and at Morecambe we don't talk about that <laughs> but <laughs> no he's, he's you know he's and Lincoln that we don't talk about oh, so he, he's, he's, ob- he's obviously you know the results when he play aren't actually too bad so he's 
I'd like to see him uh, run in the team. I think yeah, I'd like to yeah. have a nice run because he's in an hour. I think, and it's not I think him and McDonald probably deserve a chance to create a partnership because mm. I would say with with Riley being out for the foreseeable, I mean you you're looking at similar to Tanner last season maybe. Yeah. In terms of length. I think Whelan might end up in midfield a bit. Yeah, I know because one is Divine sort of done okay in the trophy game but he's, he's not really done it in the league games he's looked a bit off no, the pace no, whereas no. Whelan's up to pace because he's played pretty much every game hasn't he this yeah, season? Only yeah. missed a couple, so, so you, it wouldn't it would be quite nice to see Feeney and McDonald get that chance to create a mm. partnership and having Whelan in front of them it's quite clever because if McDonald can take it forward a little bit if mm. he wants to and yeah. if he does Whelan can just slot in for him you know it's yeah I, I, you know, I, I think I think they're deserving of a few games, and you know, like we like we were just saying, McDonald since Northampton, when we wanted rid of him, fair play to the lad. He's yeah. whether, whether it's just responding to Keith Millen, or you know, Millen was a defender himself. You know, he's yeah, he's been round the block training, coaching. He, he's maybe just sort of said to him, right, you're doing this, do that. You know, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm sounding a bit pep to your your Jurgen. Yeah, there, like, no, but... it, it might just be a case of that Miller just said to him, "Look, you're clearly a good player. You've won promotion from this division a couple of times. You can't you can't be a bad footballer. Let's start to actually see it. Take some responsibility." And he looked like a player who's taken responsibility at the weekend because he was using the ball well and he was he was being a lot more composed on the ball and stuff like that. So, f- full credit to him. You know, he's, he's been excellent. You, you mentioned Wheeling there, like you said, new role in midfield. Yeah, that, I thought he did all right. You know. He, it's probably going to take him a little bit of getting used to, but the what the one thing it does allow guys played quite deep yeah. this season, we think, and Whelan's obviously more defensive, so it allows guy to get forward a little bit more. Yeah, which is which will hopefully, if them two do play a little bit in the middle, it will allow mm. him to, you know, you look at Callum Guy last season, all that was missing for him was goals. Yeah, you know, and he's the sort of midfielder. Who should be running onto the knockdowns to hammer them in mm. the back of the net? You know, like a uh, Simon Davy used to with Steve Haywood. You know, yeah. And you know, maybe you know, sort of half by design, half by accident. We might we might get him back to the player we all know he can be. Yeah, that that's the challenge. You get get him back to the level he was last season. It's it's, it's might maybe a little bit of a long road, but we'll we'll get there in the end, hopefully. Um, let's talk about some of the young players then, Dan. Uh, Sam Fishman, we've mentioned him earlier, obviously. Lively debut. I mean, he, he certainly made life difficult for Mon- uh, Monty and uh, defence for Walsh. I mean, he, he rolled him a couple of times, and he's a big lad. He's a big, strong lad, um, Manny Monty. So, you know, full full credit to Sam for that. We just want to see him get on the end of a few things now. And it probably wouldn't yeah. help because we didn't create that much. And I heard a few people saying, oh, he, he, he fluffed his big chance, you know, when he had that volley. But I mean, it was a half chance. It, was a, it didn't sit up for him at all. No, it was on his no, wrong no. foot. Didn't sit up. Don't, don't judge him on something. I mean, there's something people saying, oh, he wasn't good enough. I mean, give, give your heads a shake, really. He's an 18 year old. The one thing about both Fishburne and Young is mm. the play with, with the fearless, you know, yes, the, yeah. the, the, they don't give a shit. They're just there to. Yeah, you know, if if the centre back wants to go at them, they'll they'll love it because mm. pe- people have already forgotten that Fishburne was playing at Lancaster. I think I mentioned this last time. Mm. He'll be up against lads who've played for like, you know, your Fleetwoods, your Accringtons, mm. your Morecams. You know, there'll be no mugs, so yeah. he'll be used to a bit of rough and tumble. And he's quite a big lad. He, he probably relishes it, you know. Yeah, he, se- he seems to enjoy. It. I mean, on, on Brad Young, I mean, you can see there's a player in there. And he works hard. And he runs all day. 
what I think he needs to realise is that he doesn't need to do everything. He doesn't. He tries to. There's a couple of times he gets the ball and he beats one player, and then instead of looking up and thinking, right, who can I lay this off to and make another run, he tries to beat two or three, and he gets I've, the ball robbed off him. And it, and I think that's not getting used to playing first team football compared with under twenty three. I was just going to say, I think that's a trait that's come from sort of under eighteen and even under twenty three slightly. Yeah. yeah. Because how often do you read a report in the youth team? Uh, a player skipped past one and then thought, oh, I'll beat another then, lashed one in from 20 yards. Yeah. You know, it's it's not school football anymore where you can do that. You know, it's yeah. it's a lot more rigid and, you know, but then that'll come, you know. Yeah, he'll, he'll learn. And I think once he gets his league goal as well, that'll really help because obviously he's only, yeah, he's only yeah. got his goals in the cup so far. But I, I, I think I'd, I'd be I'd be half tempted to stick with the two of them this weekend against Shrewsbury because it'll be a bit of an unknown for Shrewsbury rather than, you know, having someone like an Abrams. They might have a bit more gen on bit basically and abram's could come on later on when they've, they've tired a little bit as well which could help things um uh another one i want to mention quickly before we, we move on dan uh taylor Charters came on in did a solid job didn't he playing out of position on the right wing not not really something he's used to but he's you know he, he was solid and what impressed me was he, he had i think he had about three shots didn't he from the edge of the area and i think he blazed all three of them over the bar but he wasn't afraid of doing it each time, was he? That's, it wasn't like the first time. He, he thought, that's oh. probably three more shots than our midfielders had most games. Exactly. He did. He showed yeah. himself not to be fearless in that sense. And I think credit to him for that. And obviously we don't talk about the game in midweek, but what, what a penalty he took in that game as well, to be fair. So, you know, he's, he's, he's a young lad who's, who's still learning his trade a bit. He's, he's going to take a little bit of a while. It, it reminds me very much of, I mean, these days, quite often young players get contracts with us as a professional and they don't get a chance to actually settle into the team. They've basically got to be ready from the very start, haven't they? And if they don't do it in the first season, they're, they're bombed out. He sort of reminds me of going back to like the the mid-90s when sometimes players would get two or three years to actually settle, wouldn't they? Yeah, a chance yeah. to, to develop. And it looks like he we're doing that with him, which is good. And I think we'll get a good player. A player, yeah, maybe won't play at a much higher level, but... I think he's a player who could really do something for us. And I think once he gets a goal as well, I think that'll make a bit of a difference to him as well because I think he's a player who scored a few when he was in the youth team but hasn't managed it at first team level yet. Um, just before we move on to the uh, the preview section, Dan, um, McDonald and Millen were in the EFL League 2 Team of the Week, weren't they? For their yeah, uh, weekend. Probably, I mean, probably deserved. I think with Millen, they're just looking for... Finally got that win after 12 games. It seems the right thing to do, doesn't it? Whereas when McDonald was comfortably around the match and that made sense, really. So so there you go. Um, key thing now is just follow up with a win in the league against Mansfield. If you, if you, yeah. if you lose against Mansfield, it just feels like you've wasted a big opportunity to kick on them, don't you? <laughs> to, be, to be fair, looking a little bit ahead, we've got Mansfield away and is it Stevenage on Stevenage, the Saturday? yes, yeah. Two big games. You would, to be honest, you take two draws from them games being away. If we can get four points, superb. If we can get six, Brilliant. here we go. Yeah. At the very least, you maybe want to win from one of them, even if you lose one of them. If you lose Mansfield, but then win at Stevenage, you'd, you'd probably go, okay, you know, that's still progress. You know, you've got six points from a possible nine in the league. That's where yeah. you'd look at it potentially. But ideally, you want to get a nice unbeaten run going over, over the Christmas period, don't you? So, yeah, I think I think that's a key. You know, like I say, two... two, two uh, Two draws on the road wouldn't be the worst results because it'd give them a bit of belief and be like, you know, we haven't been beat. Two away games in a week, we haven't been beat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Well, that's the uh, review section done then, Dan. Let's uh, take a little break now and we'll be back shortly to discuss the Shrewsbury Town Cup game. 
And we're back for the second half of the show. Um, just before we go any further, we normally do this at the end of the show, but I'll just drop it in now, uh, just after the the halftime break. Uh, just remind me, everyone, you can subscribe to the podcast. Um, just basically go into your, any podcast app you use, so Google, Apple, Spotify, um, uh, what is oh, I can't really want Acast, that's the one we actually use. I should, <laughs> should have mentioned them first, really, shouldn't I? Yeah. That's what we use. Um, just click subscribe, and every time we release a new episode, it'll appear automatically in your feed. Um and just also, speak, just, I was just going to yeah. say, just speaking of us, uh, you might have seen if you follow our Twitter, uh, yes. Spotted Wrapped for the year is available from the 1st of December, where it basically tells you, you know, all the music you've listened to. And yeah. I can exclusively reveal that Lee's top three were Little Mix, Dua Lipa <laughs> and Kylie Minogue, but that's for him to worry about. Uh, but but uh, no, uh, <laughs> the number of people who've tweeted us saying that our podcast is uh, most listened to this year, it, it, it's almost quite touching, isn't it? Yeah, it's very nice. Well, can I can I just correct you there? My, my Spotify Wrapped is as basic and obviously to me as you ever get. Basically, Britpop, <laughs> alternative rock, indie, the Cribs, Ash. I, 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 was, I was just about to say it'll probably be Ash, British Sea Power, the Beatles, Oasis, and the Cribs. Yeah, basically, that's, yeah, that's more yeah. or less it. Basically, but there you go. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm an Apple Music man, so yeah. we, apparently we can do it. There is a way, but. I'm not. I'm not technical enough. <laughs> well, the Spotify. It would, just, it, it would just be the streets and the prodigy on repeat. Yeah. So. But but there's the Spotify Wrapped um, podcasters app. There's one that can tell you what, and I think it's 78 different people have us as their top uh, podcast that they listen to. Apparently. Which is fantastic, wow. really. Not nice to know that. I'm guessing a lot of those people. That's the only podcast they listen to. It, it could well be. Hey, it could well that's be. All, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. But yeah, so you subscribe to the podcast you're using any good podcast app, and obviously you can follow us on social media. As Dan mentioned, there we're on Twitter at Brunton Bugle, on Facebook just search for Brunton Bugle and click like. And also uh, the Be Just Stand Fear Not Facebook group, we're always on there personally. And we also obviously moderate the communes.net message board and we're posted on there all the time as well. So there you go. Uh, as we've always mentioned this season, uh, the second half of the show is being sponsored by the Cal United Sports Club, London Branch. London Branch is open to all Cal United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They've even got a few in Cumbria as well. They regularly- I, I, I want on. to challenge them to prove they are the member in every borough of London. Ooh, there's there's a challenge for you, lads. Okay, lads, if you're listening, get get, get a coloured com- map up and mark up every borough of London. <laughs> yes, yes, let let's let's have the proof. Uh, they regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events and sports games and doing fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about London Branch at their website, carlislondonbranch.org. I think I might have a pub for Mansfield as well to share. Let me just double check with you here. Um, yes, the pre-match pub for Mansfield is the Bold Forester, and that's on Botany Avenue in Mansfield. Uh, the postcode NG185NG. So if you want to meet up with uh, any other Blues fans, they're going to be there before the game. I don't think there'll be a, a huge following for this one for some reason, Dan, because uh, obviously midweek, just before Christmas, it's it's one of those games, isn't it? It's, it's, it's looking just that little bit too far pain, as well, isn't it, for a lot of... You, it's not one you can finish work at five and get to, really. I mean, I, mean, I, have, I can just about do it finishing at five, and I live in Liverpool, yeah. so... Yeah. That tells you all you need to know. Um, so there you go. Well, uh, let's get on to the Shrewsby game now then, Dan. Uh, this week we spoke to Ollie from the Salopcast 
podcast ahead of the weekend's game at Brunton Park. Um, some of the topics we covered included what's it like to, for the club since that playoff final defeat a few years ago, the fans' view on how manager Steve Cottrell has done, how Ryan Bowman and Sam Cosgrove are getting on at uh, the club, and also whether they miss Gay Meadow since moving to the new ground. Uh, it's about 15 years ago now, isn't it? It's been longer than you think. There you go. Okay, uh, so there's the chat I had with Ollie earlier this week. Ollie, thanks for giving up your time to speak to us about uh, Shrewsbury Town. Because it, it's strange because Shrewsbury are kind of a club that we've uh, we've always played quite a lot down the years, but we obviously haven't played you for a while because you've been at a higher level. And on that point, four seasons ago, you guys came within ninety minutes of making it to the championship for the first time in thirty years. But since then, it, it, it's been a bit of a slog for you, hasn't it? Three consecutive bottom half finishes. What went wrong after that big game at Wembley? Oh, interesting one. Interesting <laughs> question. Um, simple question, complicated answer. I think <laughs> that one season, just everything clicked. Yeah, we had we had some Premier League players on loan in Ben Godfrey. Um, we had players that just kind of played their their careers, their season of their career. So a go go and um, Rodman and a few others. We had um, Sadler in defence, who had his perfect season. A couple of other players that kind of we had a basically a really solid League One team plus. Dean Henderson, Ben Godfrey, and a few yeah. others. We also had Carlton Morris, who's doing really well in the Championship. So we just had some real kind of diamonds in that team. And then after that, we kind of lost Paul Hurst. We also had the situation where, as you guys know, you have a big turnover of players. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we had quite a turnover of players. And then also we had a manager who was really poor. So we kind of went for the Paul Hurst model, sign a young up-and-coming manager. We got Askey from Macclesfield, which on paper looked good, but didn't really have the personality and kind of the strength and the, the skill set to tie us over. He's the kind of and, person, isn't he, Asky? I think he maybe only works at one club, isn't he? I think that's what you're looking and at. And I hate that kind of, Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. To say, I don't really like that kind of saying because I don't know, it feels quite um, limited to say it, that, you know, yeah. someone can only do well at one club. But, but he's sometimes the it's point true. Event, isn't he? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's, pretty, <laughs> he's now in non-league, isn't he? He's yeah. at York. Yeah. And then you've got Eddie Howe. How's he going to go? He didn't do well at Burnley. Mm. Went back yeah. to Bournemouth, did well. Interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah. So yeah, for us it's been it's been dire. Yeah. It's been really dire the last few years. Because when you only win a third of your games and a third of your games you don't score, and the last two seasons we scored less than a goal a game. Wow. And I've forgotten some of the horrific stats, but there was like I remember some Shrewsbury Town fans comment to us on Twitter, they've been to like ten games and they hadn't only seen a score like once or something. Well, Funny enough, we 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 just got our first uh, goal at home in the league in five or six league games, I think it was. So we're having a bit of that this season. We're not great in front of goals, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, um, we're rubbish in goal. We don't have a striker. We don't score goals. So the last, this is the last three years. It's just been yeah. the same. And yeah, we've had three managers. So Askey, Sam Ricketts, and now Cottrell. Yeah. Um, yeah, how how's your season so far gone then this season? Um, obviously, we, we don't follow, like I said, League One quite no. as closely as we used to, but how, how are you getting on? Not very well. So we started the season really badly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were actually really excited about the season. Um, coming into this season, we thought we we're going to kind of break this mould and finish mid-table, which would have been for us happy. We're happy to do that, especially considering how difficult League One is this year. There are so many yeah, failed teams, Premier League yeah. clubs in League One. It's like a... And if Derby come down as well and Reading... It's gonna be. It's a bit of a, a bit of a bin for for failed football clubs. And half the league are basically failed football clubs in terms of, yeah, Wigan, Bolton, um, Pompey, Sunderland, Ipswich. All have got their history of why they're in yeah. League One, which makes it really difficult then because 
you get clubs paying 10k a week on a on a on a striker yeah 5k a week on a goalkeeper and it makes it really difficult to challenge so we actually went into this into summer quite excited because we thought we've got steve culture we've got an experienced manager he did amazing when he came in his first month he won manager of the month and yeah. we basically won, won three away games against the top five or something like that and we thought you know we've got a head of recruitment again something we'd lost something that some sam records have got rid of so we're really really excited we started to sign a few players also we'd signed some really good players in january so we signed a player called better who came for Man City's youth team. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He was absolutely amazing last year. He struggled this year. And basically, recruitment has just been poor. So we have two first-team central midfielders. Wow. <laughs> we have much. three recognised central defenders and no real right-back. We've got Elliot Benny, who played in the Championship in midfield or on the right wing for Blackburn Rovers, and he's kind of playing right wing-back. But I wouldn't say it's his... You know, it's not his career position he's played his whole career. Yeah. So we've got seven strikers who are, um, and two central midfielders. So at the moment, on Tuesday night against um, Sunderland, we had a striker who has been very poor for us playing right wing back. We had a striker playing in central midfield, two strikers up front, and then in defence we had two left backs in a back three. Blimey. <laughs> But we got a draw against Sunderland and we beat um, Charlton on Saturday. And it's a real interesting one because on one side, I'm really frustrated with recruitment. The manager didn't spend the budget. And he's actually actually replicated what he did at Bristol City in the championship. He didn't sign enough players and got sacked. But at the same time, you know what it's like when you have a manager that can't do tactical decisions and sets the Mm -hmm. team up badly. Every Mm -hmm. game we go with a really clear game plan. And every game we go into with, and you can make changes in the game. So, for example, against Stratford Town in the FA Cup, in previous years, I'm sure you've had a few scares. Like I remember yes. lose, losing to Blythe Spartans in the FA Cup <laughs> and some horrific days. We were really, conf- we were really convinced we were going to win. Yeah, because we have confidence in that side. So, yeah, I've spoken a lot there, but it's yeah, we're quite a, a mixing pot at the moment, a bit of a melting pot of issues and problems. Yeah. You mentioned Cotterill there. I mean. He's someone who, it, it's fair to say, he's known for his agricultural football. I think that's a, the polite way of putting it. How did the fans view him? Because he, he seemed to come in and do a brilliant job when he first arrived. And then he's obviously had his little spell where he was away when he, he caught COVID. But what's the thought on him this season? How how the fans yeah, view him? Yeah, it's interesting you say agricultural football. I'm not sure where that's come from. Because when he was at Bristol City, when, when you first sign a manager, you know what it's like on Twitter. Mm. Twitter can be great. And we had two sides of a coin. Like one side, Bristol City fans were like raving about him. This is like, you know, this godlike figure, what an amazing mm-hmm. manager he was. They scored over 100 goals. Yeah. And um, played some great football and got promoted. And then Birmingham City fans um, saying that he was absolutely terrible and good <laughs> luck and God knows why you signed him. So we tried at the start of the season trying to play some better football. But because, as I've said, the issues we have with recruitment, we pay direct football. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's agricultural as such. We don't we don't lump it long to a tar- to a, a target man, but we do play the channels. But yeah. we will play football when we can as well. So yeah, so Cottrell obviously had COVID and was seriously seriously ill um, mm-hmm. over last January period. Yeah, um, but he seems to be well now. He's lost a lot of weight and he looks healthy, which is obviously the the main thing yeah. when it comes to someone's health. It's it's hard. We do we do struggle this sometimes. You know, because obviously on one side there's the fall, we're struck, we're frustrated in sign of players. 
And at the same time, obviously really happy that he's done well. And that's part of the reason why we're so excited, because he'd, he'd recovered. And there was this big wave of optimism coming to the new season. And then we didn't sign a player for the whole of August. We didn't sign a permanent player in August at all. And we thought we'd sign another five. Well, there you go. That's a show sometime, doesn't it? <laughs> um, just ask you a quick question here about um, the new Meadow, because you've been there for 15 seasons. I couldn't believe that when I checked that before we uh, we started, really. You've been there for, for quite a while. And does it feel like home now? Because, I mean, it's, it's something that we discuss as Carlisle fans. We all love Brunton Park, but it is crumbling and it's fallen to bits and the club needs to do something about it in, in coming years. D- do you still pine for the town centre picturesque surroundings of Gay Meadow? I think you said it there. You got it. You hit the nail on the head. The Town Centre location. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone was. The game meadow was special. The trees, um, the walk down the road, down the hill, the Otley Road to go to the stadium. I don't think anyone really misses the smell of wee um, <laughs> in the corner. And but it was great because you were really close to the opposition fans um, and also to the players. So there was a lot of obviously positives. But on the other side, it used to flood. We had no insurance. Yeah. It was falling apart. We would not been in. We are the second longest serving League One team after Gillingham, and yeah. there's no way we'd be in that situation without having a new stadium. Our running costs are, are lower, all that kind of boring stuff. So yeah. yeah, I think I think we feel like it's home now, and we still do miss the the town centre feel. You know, if I I don't live in Shrewsbury, I live in Stourbridge, yeah. so I drive like forty minutes. But for me to get a train, I'd have to go to Centre Birmingham to Shrewsbury, and then get a taxi to the stadium. Yeah. That kind of match day experience isn't the same for home yeah. or away fans, yeah, um, and that that is a real shame. Um, but it, it, I think the positive outweigh the negatives. But it is a is a real negative. Yeah. Uh, finally, before I get onto your prediction for this game, Ollie, um, I've got to ask you about the two ex car players in your uh, squad now. A eh? before we went uh, had a little chat before we recorded it, eh? and you, you you weren't too complimentary about at least one of them. Let's fair, let's say that. Um, Bowman and Cosgrove, uh, how are they both getting off? See, Brian Bowman started out in our youth academy and he, he never quite made it, but he's done he's done really well to carve himself out a decent career. Sam Cosgrove was blinking, you miss him, yet he's made us a decent chunk of money in the way. How, how have the two of them got on so far? Yeah, Cosgrove is, is, a, is a bit of a weird one. Um, he came in, um, we saw that he was a £2 million signing for Birmingham. We had quite high hopes he'd come in. We don't. We didn't need strikers. Mm-hmm. We had a, a large number of strikers already. So when we signed him, we thought, well, he must be really good. Yeah. He has scored two goals. So he has scored two goals for us in in, in, in nearly seven hundred minutes, um, which is obviously not great. But it's not. You know, I'm sure you've had worse strikers than that. <laughs> um, and he just doesn't seem at the races. And I think he's almost a bit of a victim of how hard working the rest of the team is. Yeah, one of the things that Shrewsbury Town fans, and I'm not sure what Carlisle fans are like, but I imagine you guys are quite similar. The one one thing that we will want from our team is hard work. Yeah, and if you put hard work in, you're going to get a lot of favourable. You know, I've seen a lot of Shrewsbury Town fans going on about different players, and I'm thinking, well, they're not really that good at passing and stuff, but because they're working so hard, you kind of that kind of covers a lot of other kind of gaps. Yeah. And the trouble with Sam Goldsgrove is he's so big. He's so lanky. He doesn't really like he's trying very hard. Yeah. And when you compare him to like Bowman, who does work really hard, yeah. makes really good runs. And like when we played, say, for example, in the, in, the, in the other round of the FA Cup, Bowman scored a few goals. Mm. And he's not, you know, he's not lightning fast. He's not super strong. He's a really solid League One striker, I think. Lower yeah. end League One striker. And, 
yeah, he does all the hard work. He makes all the good runs. He's a bit of a needle, kind of a few elbows and kind of, you know, gets into a little bit of a battle with the opposition's um, central defenders. So it's a bit of like chalk and cheese, really. Um, what Bowman's doing and getting all the plaudits for is the hard work. We're just not seeing that from Sam, Gros- Sam Cosgrove at all. Yeah. A bit of a tough, tough time for him there so far, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Well, uh, thanks for giving me time again, Ollie. Um, before we finish, we we always like to like, ask our uh, opposition podcast for a prediction for the game this weekend. So, how do you think it's going to go? Now, um, I looked at our recent record; it's quite favourable. <laughs> so, in the last six, we've done quite well against you. But the last time we played you was what was it something like six years ago now? Yes. Um, so yeah, we beat you two one away. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go for the same scoreline. So yeah. I think we'll I think we'll go through to the next round, confident that Cottrell will have do you know we'll have scouted you guys out well, we'll have a good game plan, and I think we'll win two one. Well, there you go. That's what uh, to be honest, it wouldn't probably surprise me if that was the result. But uh, <laughs> thanks for your time, Ollie. Really appreciate it, and uh, all the best for the rest of the season. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks once again to Ollie for giving up his time to speak to us. I mean, I do miss our games against Shrewsbury Town. It's, it's weird actually. Look at it; we've only played them fifty-one times. It's less than like Barrow and um, and both uh, Walsall. We, 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 we used to play them a bit in supporters matches, didn't we? we in did, the uh, sort of turn of the century, it was it was brilliant for them, wasn't it? We, used to, we, we generally they're a team you can actually rely on to turn up as well. Whereas yeah, the, some of the they others, had the most yeah. they had the most organised fella running them. It was a, a fella called Chris, and he was a lovely yes. bloke. Yeah, but. Bloody hell, he was organised. He had a rotor for buttoning the bread for the chipsanis afterwards. It, 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 it a rotor for buttoning bread? It, it That's put, amazing. It put us to shame as well, because our organisation skills were pretty, pretty <laughs> appalling at the best of times. We we always had enough players in a minibus. That's all yeah. we needed. Oh. The fact that we were all half drunk from the night before, etc., didn't well, matter. I remember Wrexham away when we got beat 6-1 and we, we turned up and the, the, the Wrexham team there, there was only eight of them. <laughs> it yeah. was a shambles. And they didn't even have like uh, dressing rooms, did they? Or anywhere where you could get change rooms where you could get changed. So we had to play the game and then we basically had to sneak into a, a local sports centre and go and get cha- like a shower in there, didn't we? It was a... A bit of a joke that was back in the day, but there you go. Anyway, let's get on to this weekend's game. So, uh, yeah, Shrewsbury Town in the FA Cup. The referee is Samuel Barrett. Uh, it's his uh, second season, sorry, as an EFL, EFL referee. Uh, he's taken charge of 18 games so far this season. He's handed out 72 bookings, but no Quite red cards. Few, isn't it? So it's four a game. I think recently he's been handed like five or seven in a few games as well. Um, he last took charge of United for the 2-0 home defeat to follow Screen Rovers earlier this season. Uh Dickinson and Abrahams were both booked in that game, which is also also the the only league game that Jonathan Dinsay has played so far. So there you go. Um, yes, uh, classic match, Dan. There's only one I could pick. Well, there's really, only really one, isn't there? If you're a Shrewsbury Town fan, listen to this. Oh, you, what a night! You, you might want to skip forward about two minutes because we're about to talk about the game that took place on the 29th of April, 2003. Yes, the 2002-2003 season. I think it was the penultimate game of the season, wasn't it? Um, mm. The battle to avoid the drop with United knowing that a win would not only secure their safety, but also send the shoes crashing down into the nationwide conference. And backed by a very strong following, as you expect. I didn't go to this one because it was midweek. And I think, well, I would have been in six forms. So I wasn't able to get away. I was working in Manchester. Mm. And I basically said to the lads, look, I think we meant to finish at five. I said, I'm pissing off at four. We're going to Shrewsbury. So I'm not missing this game. Yeah. And by mid-afternoon, uh, half the lads were like, 
Should we all go take the, the work van? Ah, happy days. So, so about seven of us went in the work van. The lad who drove, we all give him a five and each to drive us there. Yeah. He didn't even come in the game. Did he not? He, he, he just sat in the van. He, he was just a bit of a strange bloke. Like, yeah. but. That's easy money for him though, wasn't it? I guess, but there you go. Oh, yeah. But, but it, it came off the back of a good 3-2 win at Torquay on the Saturday as well, did, didn't Yes, it? when I think... Did, did um, Mark Somerville scored with a slight tackle in that game, didn't he, basically? I remember yeah. he scored from distance, but he basically, he scored it, he essentially slid into the ball. We, we scored three late on in the first half from memory in that game. And yeah. We were like, oh, and I'm, I'm, did Peter Murphy score an own goal in that game? I have a feeling he might have done, yeah. I can't yeah. I'd have to go back and check it, but there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, we were backed by a strong following, as you mentioned there. We were a few uh, stragglers from who weren't even supporters of the club there, by the sounds of things. Uh United actually went behind after 31 minutes as uh, uh, Mark Birch fouled. I think it was Sam Aston. I think he brought down in the box and uh, it was a bit of a gift of a penalty, really. Upstep Nigel Jemson. There's a name that... Uh, Always yeah, scored against us, didn't it? Sent shivers down the spine, doesn't it? Because like you said, whether yeah. he was a Rotherham or Shrewsbury, he always scored against us. And I mean, he was never going to miss that penalty, was he? Put it into the top no. corner, sent Glenn in the wrong way. But that lead only lasted six minutes and it was, it was a crazy couple of minutes that saw United go from 1-0 down to 2-1 up. Um, firstly, it was a free kick for it into the box from Craig Russell. There's a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was a poor touch from the centre-back, uh, Wilding. I don't know what he was doing. He was trying to control it, but he basically put it on a plate for Wake, who snuck in and just poked the home ball home from about three yards out um, to get the equaliser. And then pretty much from the kickoff, United were back on the attack and they, they won the ball deep in the shoes behalf and Baldacino got to the edge of boxing. And it, the pass through is a brilliant pass when you look back at it because there's three defenders lined up on the edge of the box and he just pokes it through past them. You can't really tell if Wake's onside or not. I'm guessing he must have been because there's no real complaints. It must have been a right back playing him on or something. He gets into the box and he turns the goalkeeper and then defender gets back on the line and he tries to stop it, but he, he was never going to stop him finishing. And 2-1, and if you watch the video back, the scenes in the away end when that goal goes in. We were still half on the fence from the first goal when the second one went in. Because we're all, hang- we're all hanging off the fence singing, you know, because we'd scored. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure someone... Absolute I'm, pandemonium. I'm sure someone I know tells me that they, they basically sprained their ankle when that second goal went in because it just went so bar because yeah. I mean that the, tennis at Shrewsbury it was yeah. it was quite deep but it was it was shallow in rising mm. up in height wasn't it it wasn't a steep tennis it was one of those that just progressively went so you know you always if it was a big crowd in it you felt you know, this is busy, and, you know. And, and it, I, feel, I feel like the front of it was a little bit of a dip down from the pitch, wasn't it? it wasn't, yes, it was. So it was, it was. the fence and stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, the younger fans won't remember Game Meadow, but it was a it was a proper old school, lower league football ground, right yeah. in the centre of town, not far from the railway station as well. Some good pubs nearby. But like I said, it, a bit of a dump, to put, it, to put it bluntly. But all the trees around it made it look, right by the River Seven, made it look lovely, didn't it, on the actual surroundings for it. But there you go. Um, so, yeah, that was 2-1. And um, into the second half, just five minutes after the break, the Blues made it 3-1. And it was uh, that man, Wake, who completed his hat-trick. I mean, it, looking back, this is an agricultural goal, as you ever see, isn't it? It's a big punt forward. And Richie Foran just cleans out two defenders to win a header. He, he would couldn't... be pulled up straight away these days for it. Oh, he probably, yeah, he'd probably be given a foul. But he probably basically... get a booking as well, probably. Yeah, he basically wins the header, comes to wake on the edge of the box, and he sort of, he's no real skill, is it? He just sort of bundles it past two defenders, and he's through <laughs> yeah. on goal. And then he shows great composure to basically just round the keeper and put it into the net. And 
you could see how gutted their fans behind the goal were because a point wasn't good enough for them. They needed a win, Shrewsbury, to have any chance of staying up or take it to the last game at the very least. And and yeah, so at that point, United restricted the chances of Shrewsbury for the rest of the game. Luke Rogers scored a, a, a brilliant consolation goal, didn't he? It was a volley from mm. about 20 yards over. I mean, I have to make Glennon's miles out of position for the goal. He doesn't do very well on it. But I mean, even the reaction to the goal, the, the celebrations were quite muted. They were quite resigned as if to say, there's no way we're getting two more goals in this game. Yeah. Really. Even though there were six minutes left to play, which surprised me because I thought it was like the 89th minute they scored originally. But yeah, yeah. I look back and it's 84 and... Well, six yeah. minutes and it was a good four or five minutes of injury yeah, time. It's that quite surprised. You can actually watch the whole game back. It's it's on YouTube because Shrewsbury, during all the, um, the, the pandemic, they play some classic games back on their YouTube channel. And for whatever reason, and this baffles me, they picked that as one of the games to show back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, they... they, they oh, baffling if Cal United yeah. did that with the Cheltenham game people would be abusing them saying what the hell are you doing yeah but there you go but yes yeah, so obviously United held on got the three points they needed and Shrewsbury dropped into the league football after 53 seasons in the football I've, league I've, I've got the game up on soccer base what, what yeah. a team we had out Paul oh. Raven played yeah. Brian Baldacino John McCarthy Craig Russell I mean, the, the midfield too, because John McCarthy, although he's a winger in, in his early days, he played in sort of centre mid a lot for us, didn't he? And yeah, yeah, he, he he was, was, his he, pace had gone, hadn't it? So. Yeah, it was him alongside Mark Somerville, and then, then Craig Russell, sort of almost playing out of position on the wing, wasn't he? Really, he yeah, was yeah. A striker. So, so yeah. yeah, it was an interesting team to say the least, and uh, they, they got the win there. That's all that's mattered. And actually, when you watch back the highlights thing from Border TV. Roddy Collins, to his credit, did say, "Like, look, you know, it's a brilliant result. We've got the result we want." Said, "But it's not a, it's not a night for taking the players back out and celebrating in front of our fans because Shrewsbury had been relegated that night, basically." So yeah, yeah, that that, that was a, a little touch of a yeah. pass, wasn't it? You know, it's yeah, time and place sort of thing. Exactly that, exactly that. So there you go. So that's the uh, the classic match. I'll stick the highlights up so everyone watch it. I didn't stick the links to the full game if you want. I watched a good chunk of it, and my, you don't realize how poor football actually could be at the low level back then. Yeah. Genuinely, poor Cal United teams now are probably better than that team was back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that tells you all you need to know. A, a lot of our younger listeners, honestly, when we, when, when we say stuff was rubbish in, in either the early 90s or the turn of the century, believe me, it was absolute dog shite. Oh, it, was, it was awful. And like, poor teams now generally play better football. They might be yeah. a bit blunt at times, but they, they'll play yeah, better yeah. football, believe me, believe me. Yeah. Okay, Dan, let's get on to play for both. Uh, this is your bit. You, you obviously uh, each week go through a single player and tell us about the player who played for both clubs. So who have you pulled for this time? I've picked a player who's 40-year-old now from Leicester and is now the assistant coach for the Central Florida Panthers. Oh, I know who this is. I know who this is. Yeah. Go on, Lewis, it? It's Lewis Neal. I, I, I generally thought you were going to be close between picking him. Ian Stevens or Stuart Whitehead, but you keep resisting Ian Stevens. You keep resisting the chance to pick him. He's been in a few times, but you because I'd talk for like four hours about him. <laughs> let's do spe- let, the best strike. Let's ever. do a special podcast on Ian Stevens at some point. We, we should hunt him down and get him on. Oh, hundred percent. If we can find him, I definitely yeah. do that. Definitely. But uh, Lewis Neal, born in Leicester, started as a youth at Stoke, and uh, he went on to make a few uh, appearances for Stoke in five mm. years, about 70, 80 games. He had a lot in Iceland for a few games as well, which is... Stoke used to do I, that a lot, because they used to have yeah. Icelandic owners, didn't they, for a while? Yeah, yeah, so they, yeah. They, they, they'd send a few over. Then he went to uh, Preston next, and he sort of flitted in and out at, again, 65, 70 games in four years. A little loan at Notts County, but then he, he came to us for uh, 2009 and I actually thought he played a few more games and it says 16 here, 
scored a couple of goals. Mm. You know, he was January, January he joined us, wasn't it? He was part of the team that basically kept us in the league, wasn't it, essentially? Yeah. Kept us in, sorry, in, uh, in League One, basically. That, that yeah, season, yeah, but even though he, I thought he played quite well for us because he had mm. a couple of niggles while he was here, but he got uh, yeah. he got released and he signed a two-year contract with Shrewsbury. Mm. And he played, again, you know, in and out, 31 games, so-so. And uh, in January 11, he was released by Shrewsbury on mutual consent. And he, he upped sticks and moved to the United States, mm. to the Orlando City Soccer Club of the USL Pro, which is, it's the third tier. Yeah. And then he actually moved, he went to Real Salt Lake on trial. Yeah. But then DC United picked him up. And he actually became quite a, a key figure for DC United. He, he had a good couple of seasons there. And then he uh, he moved over to Orlando City when they moved into the expansion. Mm. And uh, he uh, when he actually finished at his time there, in the end of the 2015, he was obviously there in the Summer League, yeah. uh, he got a two-year deal with an academy coaching role and he basically played for the B team. You know, like you see, like Gary Dicker at Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Oli uh, Southampton. Paul, Paul McShane at Man yeah, United. Yeah. Basically, he was a bit of a one of the first to do this. And uh, he, he did that for uh, Orlando City. And he actually he signed for the Orlando Seawolves, which is actually arena football. Yeah. They do that but in America still, don't they? Because they used to do it a lot yeah. in the 80s, but they've started doing it again like in recent times, haven't they? Yeah, but he, uh, he joined his former Seawolves coach at Central Florida Panthers of the National Premier Soccer League. Mm. So, And uh, apparently he's got a full US green card oh. now. So, so yeah, that. he's obviously enjoyed himself. He's still over there coaching. So. There you go. Lewis Neal, there you go. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, well, let's do the full list then, Dan. Um, it's, you know, just, there's a few names we've had on quite a bit recently as well. But um, first up, Derek Asamoah. He had a decent spot at Shrewsbury. I seem to remember, is Shrewsbury the club that I think he, <coughs> I'm not saying did the dirty on, but I think he, he basically left them to go to Nice, didn't he, I think. Mm. I think he disappeared, didn't he, and just turned up in Nice to sign for them at some point. <laughs> Shrewsbury fans will correct me on this, I'm sure. Shrewsbury or the French Riviera. Shrewsbury mm. or the French Riviera. Yeah. With no disrespect to Shrewsbury, it's quite a nice little town. Yep, yep, indeed. You'd, you'd pick the French Riviera, wouldn't you? Every day of the week. Um, not somebody who played for us, but he did manage us, but he did play for Shrewsbury. Ian Atkins, I think he started his career as Shrewsbury, actually, I seem to remember. Very early on in his career, anyway. I think he was part of quite a, a, a decent Shrewsbury side. Um, Austin Berkeley. There's a player <laughs> yeah. going back. He, he was one of the players who signed under under Roddy, wasn't it? I think and he, when he first took over and he was basically getting anyone he could in on a, a couple of months deal or something like that. I think he only played a handful of games. Des Collins, I think he's a player we mentioned a bit recently. Frank Clark, he had a decent spell at Shrewsbury as well as his good spell with us. Uh, one of the players who plays for them now, we'll touch on him in a minute. Sam Cosgrove, he's uh, now on loan at Shrewsbury. Uh, Russell Coughlin, we mentioned him a couple of times recently. Well, actually, he seems to have played it for yeah. a few teams. Uh John Cullen. Do you remember John Cullen, Dan? Well, I remember him. I wouldn't say he didn't. <laughs> he was on loan, on loan from Peterborough, wasn't he, in the season when Ian Atkins was in charge, full enough, actually. Um, all I remember about him, he had a, a real mahogany shade to his to him because he, he, he clearly was a big fan of the Sunbeds. 
<laughs> really love the sunbed that fellow, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Jamie Devitt had a loan spell at Shrewsbury. He wasn't particularly successful there. Uh, Mark Ellis, I think we we signed him from Shrewsbury, didn't we? I seem to remember. I think he, that's where we got him from. Or I might have imagined that. Um, Chris Freestone. There's a player who sends the shivers down our spine as well. Mm. Didn't have the best of loan spells with us from Middlesbrough, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say. Was very successful at Shrewsbury. I think he did really well there, actually, I seem to remember. Um Anthony Gerrard, he had a time at Shrewsbury Town. Alex Gilead had a loan spell there. Arthur Gnua, uh Paul Gorman. Uh, there's a, another blast from the past. Anthony Griffith. Will we ever forget the fact that Keith Curl decided to not tell anyone that he'd gone on international duty with Montserrat? As if it was some big secret and it would make a big difference tactically. Ridiculous. Still astonishes me, that still astonishes me. Up there with what was it, announcing Matt Young at two o'clock? Yeah, and then the, the the night game where was it Joe, was it Ward? Yeah, and the other lad, James Hooper. Was it? No, it was Hooper, James Hooper, Hooper and Ward. Yeah, James Hooper still plays a little bit yeah. of Joe Ward retired. Joe, at the end of that Joe Ward retired. That's how <laughs> depressed he got. I mean, bloody hell! <laughs> bloody hell! Uh, Jeremy Halan. He had a loan spell at Shrewsbury as well. Uh, Dean Henderson, obviously he never played first team for us, but he had a really good spell at Shrewsbury Town. Very popular there still. <laughs> could be could be a key man for us in January, Dean. Oh, oh, he's going to be a big man for us with any luck. When Newcastle buy him for £40 million, come, on, come on the Geordies. Splash the cash. David oh, Hughes. David Hughes. Mm. A one-game wonder. In fact, it was even a 60-minute wonder, wasn't it? I think he got subbed after 60 minutes of <laughs> been in the game. It was, yeah. He was disastrous. Uh, he was he was a big loan signing. We signed him on loan from Aston Villa and there were big things expected of him and he just he was awful and he was never seen again. But <laughs> yeah. Shrewsbury, he was massively popular. He was a big player for them and I think they sold him to Cardiff for big money, didn't they? Yeah, uh, about half a million or something from memory. Yeah, he didn't play much for Cardiff though after that, I think, I seem to remember. Um, who else have we got? De- Brian Hornsby. Uh, Mike Jones had a loan spot at the start of his career at Shrewsbury Town. Nathaniel Knight-Percival spent some time there. Kelvin Langmead. So you mentioned him recently in the FA Cup. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Jamie McLenn. God, he did. Blink, blink and you miss him with him, wasn't it? Yeah. It, do you know something? That that was a player, when you talk about players who just it didn't quite happen for, injuries and whatnot, he, he was really well thought of. Newcastle, wasn't it, Jamie McLenn? Yeah, it was difficult for him to get into the team as well because he had the likes yeah. of Billy and Lumsden and Adam Murray ahead of him, didn't he? So it was always going to be a, a, a challenge for him to get into the team here. Um, who else? We've got Sean Miller. He spent some time with Shrewsbury. Paul Murray. Lewis Neal, we mentioned already. Nigel Pearson played for Shrewsbury at the start of his career. Uh, obviously, managed us. Um, Jamie Proctor. I mean, he seems to have played for bloody everyone in the lower leagues, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, David... I wouldn't mind him playing for us now. Oh, certainly not, certainly not. Yeah. Uh, David Raven uh, had some time there. Uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Ian Stevens. Popular on both Lord clubs. Ian Stevens. The, the Lord himself, yes. Um, yeah. he, he, he's well-liked at both Shrewsbury and Carlisle, isn't he, I think, for, for what he Because he scored goals at both, yeah, didn't yeah, he? basically. We, we paid 100 grand for him, I think, from Shrewsbury, didn't we? Yeah, um, when we originally signed him, that is of course. Um, James Tavernier, he had a, a loan spell with Shrewsbury as well as us. I was looking at his stats before. He's got a ridiculously goal scoring record for Rangers, hasn't he? Yeah, but he takes a lot of penalties as well. But it's like one in four. It's like he's played yeah. two hundred games. He's got fifty odd goals, which is incredible. Rangers get a lot of penalties. True, true. But it, it's you, still... you you could do an episode on Rangers and penalties. It, it's a bit of a 
a contention with fans from the east end of Glasgow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure but, it is. But uh, we'll uh, keep it. We'll keep that off for of you. Yeah, Mark Tierney, he was at Shrewsbury as well. Uh, George Waring, another jo- one. George Waring, I was looking back at right when he was at because um, he was at Stoke, wasn't he? That we signed him on loan for right. Yeah. At the start of his career, when he was at Stoke, he had a loan spell at Barnsley where he scored six goals in 19 games. And then he went on spells lower down the leagues and failed to score at anyone, basically. <laughs> Baffling how that happens with some players, isn't it? Really, really weird. Uh, your friend of mine, Stuart Whitehead. Good player. Top man. Top man. And a top, top man. man. Top man. And uh, finally, Mark Beef Winstanley. Another player I was really, really like. Well, I mean, the most ironic nickname ever because he was like a rake, wasn't he? But <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he was a great player. Exactly what we needed in those two seasons we had him, wasn't he? Really, just a yeah, yeah. good solid defender. C- certain players fit certain teams, and he was yeah. the right man for the right team at the yeah. right time, sort of thing. Wasn't Coming he? towards the end of his career, then wasn't he? I think he went. I think yeah. he left us. He went to Southport, didn't he? And I think he got a job delivering bread or something like that. But he, he was ill, wasn't he, in the last couple of years? We found an article about him, didn't we? And he's, he, he, he'd been quite seriously ill. Yeah, But yeah, he's recovered, yeah. so good news there. Good news there. Good, good. Let's talk about Shrewsbury Town then, Dan. So we played them 51 times in our history. We've won 17, drawn 19, and we've lost 15. I genuinely think these are one of the clubs that you look at and you think, we should be doing as well as them. We should look, I mean, I'd argue we're probably a slightly bigger club than them. But you look at them and you think, what they've achieved and what they've managed to do as a club... And I think it shows how badly we failed, doesn't it? Really, mm. when you look at it, they've managed to. They've they've been out of the league like us. They came back at the first attempt. They've sort of bobbled about the lower leagues a little bit, but now, when when I when I was first properly into football, Shrewsbury were a championship team. Yeah, I'm talking mid eighties. Well, well, we we were. I think, I think they they got relegated in eighty nine, didn't they? I think that's when they got relegated yeah. back down to the what was the the third division. And I think they, they pretty much stayed in the third division, which is now League One, for quite a while. Because, I mean, I remember we played them when we went up from the third division, from League Two equivalent, basically, didn't we? And then they stayed there. We went back down. It wasn't until like a few years later that they came down to that level and then eventually got relegated to the, to the National League. Uh, well, the conferences it was back then, of course. Um, they're, they're pretty much a mainstay now in League One, albeit they've had a bit of a fright last season. They... They came close to the championship a few years ago, and that team that Dee Henderson was a part of, didn't he? And I mean, the, the, the guy was saying from the Salabcast that it was just a case of everything fell into place really well at that point. And then obviously losing Paul Hurst the season after basically just killed it, and they just didn't didn't replace him well. And it's been a bit of a slog in the last few years, but they've you, you'd say they're a League One club, aren't they? Really, in the, in the setup they've got, really, and a big part of that is moving away from gay meadows. We touched on it before. It was a proper old school football ground. And you, you, you came to that new meadow game with me, didn't you? Where Sean, Sean O'Hanlon scored that goal. And yes. Yeah. And we looked like we're on for a, a win, didn't we? And I think we got a draw on the end of that match. Or did we lose it? I can't remember. In fact, we were lost I, actually. I, no, did we not draw? I think it might have been 2-2. I think you might be right on that one. Actually. Now I think about did it. Did we not take the lead late on? And then we yes. somehow chucked it away. Yes, right at the very end. It was one of the most ridiculous things. And you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> All the effort to get, the, get ourselves back into the game and yeah, ended up um, losing it. Or not losing it, sorry, drawing it, sorry, I should say. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 they've moved to Game Meadow, away from Game Meadow now, sorry, to New Meadow. And it's a bit of a pain to get to, isn't it, Dan? I think it's fair to say. I've just got it up on Google. We're 1-0 down. 
David and Moo equalised with about yes. five minutes to go. I, tell you what, I couldn't remember. His and then Sean O'Hanlon buried it, Ugh. and the away end went badly. And then Paul Parry equalised on injury time for them. It, it, it wasn't it basically? Didn't they pretty much equalise from the kickoff near enough? I'm sure pretty we were much. This went up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were still celebrating. I'll tell you what it was. It was Lee and McSweeney, wasn't it? He, he mis he miscontrolled the ball over the top and he let the lad in yeah, and scored. Yeah, and you yeah. were just like, you, "You're taking the Mickey now." That's just ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, no, that that God, that's going back a bit now, isn't it? Yeah, I remember that. That's, that's the only time. 2013. That was eight yeah. years ago. Well, that's the only time I've been to the New Meadow. Actually, we never won there. Um, yeah, it, it it's it's a it's a proper typical. New lower league ground, isn't it, really, in the setup they've got there? Obviously, yeah. we're not playing there this weekend, but it's just it's just worth noting. But it basically generates income for them. And that's the reason why they're debt-free. And they're solid, and they've got a good wage structure there. They, they can still spend a bit of money when they want. I mean, they're going to be paying a bit of money in terms of wages for Sam Cosgrove, on from Birmingham, you'd think. You know, they've had a few other players in there. Elliot Bennett's not going to be a, a cheap signing either. And uh, Pennington, who was at um, Everton, we'll t- mention him in a minute. He's you know, down as the star man. Um, so they've got a good setup, but as a club, they're probably not bigger than us, really. Realistically, they're not going to get as big a crowd. It's not as big a town, but they're so well run. They haven't got any issues, which is, yeah. which basically shows how badly we've been run in the in the last decade or so, doesn't it? Really, when you think about it. Um, let's talk about the manager, Steve Cotterill. Vastly experienced coach, isn't he? He's one of those mm. people, you know, you think lower league clubs, if they're in a bit of trouble, you or even sort of higher up, it's someone they look to, isn't it, to sort of stabilise them, get the defence really well organised and get results. I mean, he's done a brilliant job at some clubs, I think, while not doing so well at others. If you ask Cheltenham fans and Bristol City fans, they talk about him like he's a god, don't they? They, they I mean, yeah. Cheltenham especially, he's the, he's the you know local lad who got them into the league as a manager. Um, for the first time. Bristol City got them so close to the Premier League, didn't he? I think seem to remember back in the day and really well liked for what the work he'd done there. But Birmingham City fans hate him. <laughs> so he, the football he produced was awful. And I always remember his team, his Cheltenham team. But it's one of those things with managers, isn't it? You, you always remember the first club they managed, don't you? Well, the way they, yeah, they yeah. did things there. And that's the thing that sticks in your head. So all I think of is his Cheltenham teams were... Very direct, to say the least, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. The, the football they played was not pleasing on the eye. I think it's one way of describing it. Was it was always very very short grass and a lot of sand. And... Was it Julian Olsup they used to have up front, wasn't it, for them? Yeah. Big lad. and uh, Yeah, he he was always an absolute pain to play against. And there was a couple of others. I can't remember the name of the lad. Martin Devaney, I think, was the striker they had back then. He scored a few goals. and Yeah, they were, they were a club, basically. Whenever you play them, you thought, oh, we're in for a battle here this afternoon. Yeah, but um, yeah. but by all accounts, he, he has mixed his style up a little bit down the years. And, you know, there's, there's times where he's, he's, he's dropped out of being a manager, hasn't he? He's just been assistant. I think he left, did he leave Stoke City to be assistant at Sunderland under Howard Wilkinson or something like that? I seem to remember yeah. back in the day. Bit of a strange one, that one. But, uh, but yeah, he's done a solid job so far in Shropshire, but he's uh, known for his abrasive style. I think he's rubbed a few uh, local journalists up the wrong way recently. I think he's seen a few interviews where he's basically been very uh, short with them, to say the least. Um, yeah. when, when they've asked perfectly normal like acceptable questions nothing wrong with the questions it just seems to be in a bit of a grumpy mood um, he's, he's not quite uh, Crawley level at, uh, no no it, Crawley. Oh, uh, what's his name um, John 
John. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember his name anyway. The, yeah. the bloke at Crawley, basically, he's not as bad as him. Yeah. Um, he has had a COVID, he caught COVID twice earlier this year. He's been in hospital twice, and he, he's yeah, lost he was badly off it, wasn't he? Really badly by all accounts. Yeah. And he's John lost, Yems. John, John Yems. Yems. That's his name. That's his name. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's Steve Cotterell. He's a. Uh, sounds like he divides fans' opinions so far, but generally they're quite happy with the, the job he's done there. Uh, I've picked up my star man, Dan. I've gone for Matthew Pennington. He's a, an Everton Academy graduate. He he was highly rated at Goodison Park. He didn't leave until he turned 26, but he only played seven first-team games then. He never was quite good enough to break in to the starting lineup on a regular basis. Um, but he's actually got a lot of experience. He's had loan spells at uh, Tranmere, Coventry, Walsall, Leeds, Ipswich and Hull City. He had a final low spell at Shrewsbury before he signed permanently for them in the summer. And when when I have a, a game on, on Football Manager every year... You always sign him, yeah. I, I, always, I, I always try to... Cause Everton's one of those teams that I like doing because yeah. it's a bit of a challenge to get them into the top four and into Europe and stuff. And whenever I've done an Everton game in the last few years, he's always been out on loan straight away. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, there, there was him and there was another one. Oh, I can't remember. I think I know what you mean. Is it Hibbert? Was Hib- it Hibbert? No, no, oh, no, Hib- not Hibbert. Luke Gar Garbett. Garbett, yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. he only left recently as well. Garbett and Pennington are both like late 20s now yeah. and have been on loan their entire career. Yeah, but they've actually played regular football when they've been on loan. You can see some of them barely yeah. play it. They've, they've generally played yeah. games. But yeah, he's a summer signing and he seems to have done pretty well so far. Um, other key squad members, Dan, I don't know if you your thoughts on these, you probably had a look through their squad. I mean, Aaron Pierre's one I've always really rated. He was at Wickham and he was always had really good gaming and studs. Big, yeah, strong lad yeah. at the back. And he's the, I presume he's the centre-back partner, at least, for, for Pennington for them. Um, up front, they've obviously got strikers. Uh, they've got Ryan Bowman, who's done okay so far, and Daniel Udo. And they've got four goals each in the league so far this season. And in midfield, a couple of experienced players. Elliot Bennett is one who's always, I mean, he was always excellent for Brighton against us back in the league yeah. one days. And, uh, David Davis signed out of Wolves, but I think he spent a lot of his career at Birmingham City. And he's, again, one who's got a lot of experience at a higher level. And that's Shrew- the thing Shrew- Talk about players. Shrewsbury quite well sort of placed for picking up from, uh, you know, you likes of Wolves and Villa and Birmingham. It's and not too far. Well, yeah. Stoke. Even the Manchester clubs aren't that far, you know. Yes. Yeah. They've got quite a few clubs to sort of get players from. Yeah, is there any other players that stand out in the squad to you, Dan? I mean, it, it, it's an interesting... They look... One thing that stands out is they haven't got much midfield. <laughs> There's a lot of attackers, a lot of defenders, and then I, I can only see four midfielders listed on transfer back. <laughs> sometimes they don't have the positions right and stuff like that. That's sometimes yeah, the issue yeah. is. But, but yeah, it looks a very unbalanced squad, to say the least. I mean, Sean Wally's been playing for quite a while now. He's 34. He's got a bit of experience, hasn't he? And beyond that... Josh Vella was at Bolton and Hibbs, wasn't he? Yeah, he's he's not he's not a bad little player either. Yeah, um, George Nurse has had a few loan spells at the lower league levels, hasn't he? And he he's always done quite quite well from memory. Um, yeah, so the, the, the decent mix in the squad, I think. I, I think, as the guy from the the Shrewsbury podcast did say, it's just a lack of balance in their squad. That's the problem. I think they were very frustrated. Yeah. Some of these signed a, a couple of strikers when they were like, "Well, we've already got strikers." And I think. Uh, they, is, the keeper is he Slovakian? Is it? Uh, I think he might be. Yeah, Morosi. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 not a bad keeper from memory. He was at yeah. uh, Doncaster. Yeah, he was at Coventry as well, wasn't he? I think that's right, Coventry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a pretty pretty decent player too. So uh, 
So yeah, no, uh, not 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 too bad a squad. I mean, they're, they're probably right about where they should be. You know, lower mid table in League One right now. Um, currently, uh, they're sitting. Uh, I think it's six in the last six games League One form table. They did really well actually. United are nineteen for the League Two table, which is an improvement where we've been, isn't it? I think we've been twenty fourth for quite a while in that. So Shrewsbury recent record is uh, lost one, drawn, uh, lost drawn one. But the last two league games, they've drawn one more with Sunderland and beaten Charlton Athletic one nil. So. There's certainly no mugs, I think it's fair to say. Um, the last time we beat Shrewsbury Town was actually in a League Cup tie in 2008. And we've gone six games without victory since then. If you go to just league games, our last win was nine games ago. And which game was that, Dan? It was the 3-2. Nine wins ago. It was the 3-2 at Game mm. Meadow. That was the last time yeah. we actually beat Shrewsbury Town. And we actually qualified for Wembley that same season. Mm. A month earlier in the March. Yeah. And uh, nil nil on the Tuesday night. Well, it would have been Wembley with Millennium Stadium, wasn't it back then? Of course, in two thousand and four. Yeah, it was. It was for uh, the Millennium, wasn't it? Yeah, we did indeed. It was uh, so. Bristol, Bristol City? Uh... Yeah, one of those ones. Yeah. Mm. Um, so there you go. Uh, that that's pretty much it, I think, in terms of the Shrewsbury Town stuff. Dan, um, going to be a tough tie, isn't it? I think that one. I think it's fair to say. In terms of United injury wise, I mean. Just rotten luck for Joe Riley, isn't it, really, this season? Just yeah. one thing after another. He's picked up that foot injury after Keith Millen come in, recovers from it, and then it looks like a shoulder injury. Now, we don't know if it's going to be as bad as the one George Tanner had, because George Tanner had had one before, hadn't he? So that probably worked against him in that sense. Hopefully, maybe a little bit a little bit quicker than Tanner's was. Well, as ever, timing has landed for us, because the club have just tweeted an injury update oh. as we record. Oh, lovely. So, well done. fantastic. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you lead on this, because you're... you're, you're uh, Apparently, there's t- no structural damage. It's more ligament, and it's going to be weeks instead of months. But it certainly isn't days. Well, but good. I would say you're probably looking at January, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got a, you've got a busy period coming up. You don't want to throw him in for the sake yeah. of the day, especially when you're playing on much harder ground as well. If you you know fall yeah. any more damage, you don't want that, do you? Uh, Dickinson trained today, so it's wait to see if he's got any reaction. Yep. If he trains tomorrow, he gets through and he's available. Brilliant. And it says, obviously, with Scott Simons away, Gabe Breeze will be on the bench. But Magnus Norman is improving quickly. Excellent. That's that's good to hear as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so there you go. And, obviously, the other injuries we've already got. Uh, you mentioned Magnus Norman there. Lucas Jensen's got his hand injury. Josh Dixon's still out of action. And Lewis Alessandro's got that foot injury. We don't have any update on that at the moment, do we, though? So, there you go. John Mellish will miss this game as well. Uh, he, he was able to play midweek because the... What they've done, they've basically taken the suspension set up for the trophy out of the league and cup one, haven't they? Which is yeah, good news. It's all sense. very weird. Yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? So, uh, so John Mellish will miss this game as the last game of his free match ban. We're not 100% certain if Jack Armour's got to five bookings, aren't we? We're a bit confused. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, we were discussing it in WhatsApp uh, when it happened, and he has five bookings, but one was in the league cup. Right. So he's only on four in the league, and Saturday was the nineteenth game. Ah. So he's free now. Right. So he can uh, he can start racking them up again. Perfect. That's exactly what we want to hear, isn't it? So uh, yeah, if you want to kick which someone, is off, something, <laughs> which is something Callum Guy's been doing because having had his one match banned for five, he's now been booked in the three games since he returned. All three. Although yeah. one of the, one of them was the trophy, so I didn't. 
Doesn't count, yeah. No, that's about as relevant as a chocolate teapot. So. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So there yeah. you go. Um, so yeah, generally this game, Dan, what do you do? Do you, I mean, there's not much we can do because of all the injuries, is there really? Dickinson can come in maybe to, to to shore things up and play on the wing, possibly if he's fit. I'd imagine that's what will happen. If he is, otherwise it'll be Taylor Charters maybe that'll start. Um, or Clough. Possibly Clough. I mean, Clough's a bit out of out of mm. contention, isn't he? It's a, I mean, it's quite telling when, you know, he made the sub of the week and Clough wasn't the one he turned to, was it? He turned to Charters to do the job and he, he did. So it's one of those ones, maybe that's a message to Clough say, look, there's a young lad here, he's ahead of you now for the options of playing on the wing. So, um, so yeah, that's what do you do? I mean, I'd imagine Dickinson will come back in if he's fit. Either way, I think he'll want to go back to playing 4-4-2 and get him and Gibson down the wings. Um, beyond that, do you stick with the two young lads up front? I think I would. I think I'd just say, you know, go out and, and do yeah, what you did last why weekend. Not? Why not? And Abraham's yeah, just like, 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 like I say, I'd, I'd like to see Feeney and McDonald play at the back. Yeah. Mellor and Armour pick themselves. Yeah. Wheeling, wheeling and guys quite solid in the middle, Gibson mm-hmm. and hopefully Dickinson. Yeah, play the two young lads. Because yeah. Dickinson can put a decent ball across. Yeah, definitely. You know. And that could make a difference for someone like Fishburne potentially getting on the end of crosses. Yeah. He's a big lad and you, you want to be him going in for his headers, don't you? So yeah, no, I think I'd do that. And I, I, that's no slight on Abraham. Did you just say to look to Tristan, say, look, keep on doing what you're doing off the bench, you know? Prove me wrong, get another goal, and I'll have no choice to pick you against Mansfield from the start, basically. That's what you say to him. You use it almost like as a it's the carrot and the stick, isn't it, really? A little bit of a stick. So you, you're, still, yeah. you're still not quite there. you still got to do a little bit more. Yeah. That's, that's the way you do it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there, basically. That's the way I'd do it. And uh, also, you get Mellish back for the um, for the game against Mansfield in midweek as well. That gives us a bit more strength in midfield, too. So, positive to be had. Uh, let's do predictions then, Dan. We're going to do predictions for the Shrewsbury game and the Mansfield game because we're not going to do a preview for the Mansfield match because we yeah, we're not going to have time, have time. unfortunately. To get it in before then, so let's have yours first, Dan. What, what what's your predictions? Shrewsbury, I really don't know. I, I had visions of when the draw was made. My first thought was we got Doncaster last season, who was sort of yeah. similar to Shrewsbury, yeah. and they were a class above us. And there is that kind of worry, but I, I can honestly see it being a draw and a replay, one all. I'm going for one all. Okay, I'd be happy with that because I wouldn't mind a little trip to Shrewsbury midweek. <laughs> one all and the fish to score. Oh, we're gonna go I'm just going to say now. the fish every game now, aren't I? Yeah, until he does. You've cursed yeah. him, basically. It's your fault he's not scoring. Yeah. Uh, okay. Score. So, and then Mansfield? Uh, I'll take the same again. I'll take a one-all draw at Mansfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a harder game than Stevenage. Obviously, Stevenage have got the the Tisdale factor, which we'll yeah. talk about next time. Uh, yeah, I'll take one-all. And uh, I'll sod it the fish again. <laughs> Feed the fish and he will score. Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic, great. Uh, I'm going to go for a one-one draw against Shrewsbury, like you. I think we'll we'll get get a replay there, take them down to the New Meadow. I'll, I'll, I'll and what what will happen because it's Carlisle United, and this is what happens: we'll get the draw. The oh, third round it. draw will happen. It. If we get like Ipswich away, we'll win. Yeah, and if we get like. Man City or Newcastle or Chelsea, they'll win. Because yeah. that's how it always works. Always works that way, doesn't it? There you go. Um, so yeah, I'll go for 1-1 one, one and I'm going to go... I'll go Brad Young. We'll get another goal. I think he'll get another cup goal for us. Um, and then for the Mansfield game, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Yeah, why not? Let's say good good result against Shrewsby. Lifts the confidence. Get a result in Mansfield. 2-1 and I'm going to go for goals from uh, Sam Fishburne. Like you, I'm going to go for him and 
Brennan Dickinson. Brennan Dickinson will get the other goal. So there you go. That's what I'm going to go for. So yeah, uh, that's those predictions. Let's have Mike's then now. I hope he's put both in because I didn't ask him for both. I haven't listened to it yet. So let's see what Mike's got to say. I'm going to go for two of the sweatiest 1-0 wins with Gibson scoring against Shrewsbury and I'll go for Abrams scoring against Mansfield. Nice nice and efficient there, Mike. Thank you very much. 13 seconds. Sweaty wins will take all day long. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, Dan, before we finish up, let's do the X-Files. Um, not a huge amount to report this week. We've got a little bit of good no. news again there, isn't there? It was probably the quietest we've had. Hmm. Uh, Joe McKee scored in the 90th minute for Dumbarton. 3-1 win over Socky Juniors in the Scottish I, Cup. I love the Scottish Cup. This, Scottish, this junior, Scottish Junior football has some of the best names going. And there's been a lot of reorganisation and actually becoming quite professional. Because yeah. What it was, very quick off topic, yeah. you had your professional teams and the Lowland and Highland League, and yeah. then you had all these junior teams. Yeah. They were getting like 1,500, 2,000, but not part of the league. But you are, every team that comes up now always wins a playoff against the League 2 team. Yeah, because they're strong. Because they're, they're better. And the Scottish League stagnated, basically, as yeah, a result. Yeah. And that's the reason. Like, like the Cove Rangers, Kelty Hearts. These teams are absolutely... Yeah. And they usually win the division the season after. Yeah. But, but the, yeah. The first round of Scottish Cup's brilliant. The, the names of the teams you get... Banks or D. Yeah, the Galifian. Fort, 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 Fort Martin United. Civil Service Strollers. That's that's In, one of my favourites. Inverurie Loco Works. Amazing. Amazing. Brilliant, stuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, staying in Scotland, Gavin Riley scored mm. an equaliser for Greenock Morton at Inverness Cali, against Inverness Cali Thistle. Yeah. Uh, over to the FA Trophy, Mark Beck scored again for York. 1-0 win over Blythe. Uh, Angelo Balanta being a regular um, in this mm. section scored for Dagenham again in a 2-1 defeat in Notts County and the only other goal was Tom Lawrence opened the scoring for Derby at QPR yeah. on Monday was it? Yes it was Monday night this game that was yeah you're right yeah there. and uh, but they, they got beat so yeah yeah that's pretty much it and I'll let you do this next bit, but some, some good news after a bit of bad news for yeah, the next player. Yeah, fantastic news. It just emerged today, wasn't it? So uh, you may remember last week we had an update where Charlie Wyke um, had collapsed in training at Wiganham and rushed to hospital. And it was a quite a big story. It was quite a shock for, for the football world. But uh, Charlie has, has left hospital now. He's put out a statement um, confirming that he suffered a cardiac arrest in training. Yeah. And it was actually only the actions of the, the manager and the club the doctor. Manager, yeah, the manager yeah. instantly realised what was happening, yeah. ran over, started compressions, yeah. and the, the doctor, club doctor came it, flying yeah. over. And yeah. it, it, if you go on to uh, the Wigan uh, Twitter, etc., there's a, a thing where apparently Wigan did CPR training for the entire club recently. Yeah. So just show, so it goes to show, shows, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, just go show you. So, so yeah, great news. Um, he, apparently, he's had a he's had one of those um things fitted to his heart, isn't it? Like a defibrillator. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a reversible operation, so it can be taken out if there's no issues. I think. Anything, be but. interesting to see if he does come back. Well, apparently, he's going to get back into light training. I'd, I'd imagine yeah. it's one of those ones. I would be surprised if maybe if he plays him this season. This season, yes, and maybe he'll just give him a yeah. chance to recover slowly. Get back to the pace of it and hopefully be back yeah. next season playing. That's the that's the big hope. So all the best to Charlie. Um, still well liked up here for his time at the club. Um, and that's it then. Uh, thanks once again to our sponsors, the London Bunch. Uh, really appreciate their support. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, um, obviously we're not going to do a preview for the Mansfield game, but we're going to be doing one next weekend for the Stevenage match. 
Um, and then obviously we've got the potentially, hopefully, an FA Cup replay. If our predictions are right, Dan, that's what we're hoping for. We might do oh, I prefer well. not to have a replay. I must oh. be happy in the hat. But... Of course, but then, but then, yeah. but then you want to get predictions right, don't you? So that's the important. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously the, there's that coming up, and obviously the, the Bradford game before Christmas, and then we'll we'll do a little sort of Christmas preview special, won't we? Really, because we'll have to fit two games in in, in short space of time. We, we, we could possibly even do Bradford, Salford, and Scunthorpe as one. We might well do that. What we might do is we might a bit do a bit of a bumper bumper episode, but yeah, we'll we'll look at how we do it. Basically, we'll yeah, have a look. But yeah. yeah, so um, coming up to the end of the year, another year of doing the pod, man. Oof, nearly, nearly two full years now. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, so yeah, we, we might even sound professional by next year. Oh, not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> I will still be taking two or three times to do the uh, yeah. introduction. Definitely, Dan. Thanks for your time. Thanks everyone for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues. <laughs> <laughs>